girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's episode. It is such a fiery, juicy conversation you're about to listen in on. It's with me and Coach Star. And before I tell you her backstory, I have to just let you know, I heard her speak at an event, like she was a keynote speaker, and I was blown away because she delivered such a powerful keynote that made me super emotional. But then like seconds later, I'm laughing so hard, I want to pee my pants. She also has one of the most incredible stories of grit and resilience that is going to inspire you on such a deep level. You'll know exactly what I mean when you listen into the episode. But if you're not familiar with Coach Dar, that's what everyone calls her. Her name is actually Darlene. But she is a board-certified occupational therapist, and she built an entire business around her unique approach to coaching. She's worked with tons of really high-level corporate executives and a lot of professional athletes to really help them step into their greatness. She's got a new book coming out called The Art of Bouncing Back, which honestly, after you listen to this episode, you're going to want to go buy the book. Um, If you're listening to it in in real time, you can get it on pre-order. But honestly, this conversation is going to light a fire in you. Truly. I think it's going to be such a game-changing conversation. So buckle on up. We're going to dive right in. Coach Star, I am so freaking excited to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. Hello. It's so good to see you. It's so... Okay. I, I told you this before we started recording, but I feel like I need to just set the stage. I have been to a lot of events. I've seen a lot of speakers. And especially as someone who also speaks myself... You have this incredible ability to take someone from peeing their pants laughing to like giving them a juicy, like fire under their ass, like tangible thing that they actually need to then making them cry because your story is also really impactful to then like taking them back up again. And all of us in the audience, I felt like I was on the best roller coaster of life listening to you speak. And I can only imagine that this episode is going to be so impactful for thousands of women that are listening in and also that your new book, which we're going to get into, is going to be so impactful for them too. So to kind of set the stage here for people that don't know your story, can you give us like a little high-level overview of like, why why do you call yourself Coach Dar? What the hell do you do on a random Wednesday? How'd you get here? Like, give, it, give us the juice. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about Coach Dar is I did not create this. I literally did what happened was I've been speaking for so long now, for years and like, I think over a decade now. And when kind of what you said is when, when I go to speak, you know, I'm an East coast Italian. I have a big heart, but you kind of get a little kick in the pants and then you get a lot of loving and hugs and then you're laughing. And so (laughs) people kept saying like, Oh, coach, you're going to coach us. Like she just coached you. You just got coached. And it was like (laughs) coach star. And I was just, I had my private practice. I advise CEOs. I work with professional athletes, but they, everyone started calling me Coach Dar. So the name got created by the audience, really, the people out there. It's the people. I'm the people's coach. <laughs> That's one of the players called me. I He's love like, it. like the people's coach. So 
I that's how Coach Dar came along. And I'm an occupational therapist by background. I specialized in neuro, and my background is all human behavior and neuroscience. So that's where I started and helping yeah. people overcome literally the most extreme odds, having to co- overcome a major car accident that changes their whole life, a brain tumor, a spinal cord injury, and they're told they'll never walk again. I mean, I'm the therapist that had to come in and motivate and coach them and get them back to a new normal, Get come back to life, like stay focused. And then went back to school for business and have run multiple companies. And in 2008, I started my own private practice, advising and helping really anyone and everyone that needed help back then because we were in a recession and it was a calling, literally. Keisha, when I tell you I literally left everything to go start with a vision of like, I cannot watch people with suicidal thoughts, depression, they lost their job, they had to change, you know, maybe they lost their marriage, maybe they lost a lot of income and they thought life was over. And I'm like, no, it's not. I said, I had to help people overcome way harder odds than this. And they came back, you could do this. So Mm -hmm. my practice got started out of a pure passion. I had the skill and the talent to meet that demand, but there was no business plan when I first came out and I'd I'd help run businesses, but I just was Mm -hmm. more passionate of going, I've got to start. And I started speaking, gosh, that's a long time ago, but for free, I was like, I got to speak on mindset. I got to tell people what I know in neuro and human behavior. So I mixed science, psychology, and leadership. And put that together, and that became the premise of my practice that has led me to speak around the world and coach in the arenas that I coach in pro sports and CEOs. And for people that haven't seen you, like, you're also this, like, like, you're just this, like, tiny, like, pocket. Like, I feel like I could put you in my pocket and, like, take you on adventures. And (laughs) But you've got so much, like, energy and fuel to you. And I want to speak to that because there are so many women that listen into this that get caught up in the first step or get caught up in the big vision of like, how in the world am I going to get there? And even what you just said is like, you didn't have this picture perfect business plan. And you're not like, this is what my 10 year journey is going to look like step one through 880 million. It's like you (laughs) just started and you listened into that passion. So for the woman that's listening into this right now that she knows she's got something that she's passionate about. Maybe she has a message that she wants to share or she's gone through something hard, which we definitely have to dive into your story. Um, and she wants to just like get started. How did you get yourself to work through the beginning fear part of just right. taking the first step? I heard this expression that I kept with me and hold and share it and pay it forward all the time, which was go ugly early. Mm. And I say that because number one, If you are led by your passion, this is me coaching on these two principles of this. One, be led by your passion. By Number two, you really need to have your gifts and talents aligned with that passion before you could go Mm. ugly early. Because let me explain this. I worked in, I helped run a record label in Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't know a thing about country music when I went down there. I was helping people. But here, if I decided all of a sudden, well, I have this passion that I want to go become a country music artist. What? That would be crazy. I'm tone deaf. I love to sing, but no one's going to buy the record, okay? So to say I'm passionate, I am passionate about it, but I don't have the gifts and talents that meet that. So Mm. I want people to have realistic optimism in their dreams. Have realistic optimism in your dreams so you set yourself up for success. So now, when I went to go start my practice, I didn't have a perfect business plan at all. I was led by my passion, but I said, hey, Do my skills and talents meet the world's needs on this? Yes, they do. Then let's go. 
let's just go start. I mean, I had proven track record of business and the things that I have done. So I had something behind me that I knew that I was going to be okay in this to some extent. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was so passionate about it. And then the go ugly early is when I tell you, I didn't have a marketing, you know, I didn't have my, my, I used to have a multi-million dollar budget. I didn't have any of that because I was working for my own practice now. So I had to make all my own marketing materials. I had to get the word out myself. When you look at when I started, my first speeches, my first marketing materials, they were ugly. You know? <laughs> so, but the, the point is, is go ugly early is get out of the gate. Mm-hmm. When you get out of the gate, you could start making things better, but you can't make something better that you didn't get out of the gate from. Mm-hmm. So get your, get, write a list of your skills and talents, align it with your passion, make sure there, that it meets some part of the world's needs. There's a niche you could fill in, right? And meet mm-hmm. some. And then go ugly early. Go. Get out of the gate. Yeah. Oh, so good. So obviously, the book that you have releasing is about the art of bouncing back, hence the name. <laughs> and I think like there's such a huge proponent of your story about resilience and grit and building character. And there are a lot of women that are going to listen into this episode that you know, maybe some of them took that little nugget and they're like, okay, I just need to like get started. I know what I want to do. But there are some women that are in a really tough spot right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're looking back at like their 2022 and like they're excited about it's January, it's the new year, but they feel kind of deflated because it's just been a tough, tough season. Can you speak to how in the world do you build resilience? Some of the things that you've gone through in your life that like some Mm -hmm. people wouldn't have come back from, yet Mm -hmm. here you are helping Mm -hmm. other people through your own story. So how do you, how do you build resilience in general? Well, I think I, you know, my niche is in speaking on mindset. I think you need to understand right now that this is a choice. Okay. You getting back up is a choice and I know it's hard and you want to give up. I say all the time, I want to say uncle, like literally this morning, I start off, it was going so well, I get a phone call and it was like, boom, all these things, like, especially around the book, this, this, this has to happen. You start to feel the weight on you. You're like, how are we going to be able to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. And you start to feel a little defeated. And I'm like, hold up. I just got to lean into, and I had to shift my mindset. This is a lot Mm -hmm. right now, but this, I get to, I don't have to at any point I could say like, I'm good. Uh, But when I say that I met in life, meaning Yes, there's a lot of things that are I'm responsible for, but we live in a space and a place where we are more blessed than we even realize. So you have to go to gratitude. You have to reframe your mindset. You have to start digging into your why. Why do you still need to be here? There's so this is why the principles, nine principles of the book take you through these exact things. Yeah. But I'm gonna go back for a second and tell you. So you know what you were asking me is hardship. When this started out for me. My first real hardship, well, actually my first one, I've never even shared this, but my mom had her first triple bypass at 40 years old. And I saw my mom have a massive heart attack. And she, at 40 years old, I mean, we didn't know if I was a young girl. Gosh, I must have been, I don't even know how old I was, but that was really hard. Fast forward, I'm married at the time. I'm working as an occupational therapist, taking care of stroke patients. We just bought the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. I can't wait to start a family. And then I suffer a stroke. I go to a chiropractor to help with sciatic pain. Want to get rid of one pain and I got another pain. But they go to manipulate my neck and they rip the artery to my brain. And I have a vertebral artery dissection. I start bleeding in my brain and I don't know it. 
Well, this leaves me with a blood clot. The blood clot doesn't allow me to have children. It affects my life. It affects my marriage. It affects a lot of things. So that was like setback number one, really. And then multiple things have happened since then. And in the past four years, especially, let's fast forward. I went from my mom having a stroke. The next month I had my third stroke. Next year after that, my mom dies. Next month after that, COVID hits. All my speaking engagements go down. Sports shuts down. I coach in sports. Everything shuts down like we all went through. 2021, I bounce back. Then I get my heart broken. And then 2022 just happened and my father passes away in the middle of writing this book. I I mean, literally, it's like, I, I swear you go to hit a stride and then all something, something hits you. And people look from the outside, they're like, Dar's always happy. You know, obviously they look seeing my practice, which has been many years in the, in the making. And they see this, but I started off the speech when you were there saying, I, no one has it perfect. And I hit hard times just like you. And I'm preparing people to say, I know it's freaking hard. It's hard for me too. And I'm in the practice of mindset. So I know even equally as harder for someone else who doesn't even have the tools. That's why I put the book out to give you the tools because you could build this resilience and grit muscle. You Mm -hmm. can start applying the principles. And what this does is it doesn't make life easier. You just know how to navigate and handle it better. You become better as the pro in your life. There's the game changer and shift in mindset. And then you start putting these principles in place, put the right people around you. And it still hurts, but I'm telling you, you get back up better and you try again and you try again. Okay, let's just touch on that real quick because you're in the middle of literally writing a book about resilience and grit and bouncing back and you lose your father. I mean, like, what do you make that mean? Because obviously, you know, like as humans, we're these meaning creating machines and you're, you're writing about this and you've helped so many people in all different capacities from, you know, executives to, you know, professional basketball players all across the board. You've helped so many different types of people. But when you're actually writing this, like, how did you handle that on a personal note when you're writing a book about this and then you also lose your dad? Like, what did you go to? Like, what was the first tool that you tapped into to support yourself to continue even writing the book? When, again, people could have completely understood if you were like, love this book, love this, like, message, but I need to take a step back. Like, how did you lean into it? Well, I'm just going to even say this. I'm going to go a step further because the pressure never let up the whole time I was writing it. I mean, I've been writing this over the years, but then it got to this point where this, this was supposed to be a chapter, not a whole book, and then it became a whole book. Yeah, But in the process of really like the majority of the writing, I literally am in a relationship that I thought I found someone I was going to marry again. I haven't, it's been like 20 years since I've been married. And I thought, oh, I found maybe the love of my life. I'm going to get married. I get my heart shattered. Like, and in the, while I'm writing this and I'm, and you, you know, if you've ever gone through heartbreak, you're, it's an emotional and, and I'm in the middle of writing it and I'm like writing about bouncing back and I don't have the time, by the way, to sit there and be like, I need to stop and go process this. There was no stopping. Just like in pro sports, there's no stopping the game when something happens and you're like, you have to keep playing. That's Mm -hmm. what was happening. So that happens. Then a month after that, I told you in the beginning that I was told I couldn't have children because of the stroke. I was then told while I'm writing the chapter on reframing the game that 
the, the neurologist I had to go see because I was having headaches again said, were you told this whole time that you can have children? I was like, yeah. And he's like, I really believe that you could have had them this whole time. So that's another hit for me because I've lived all these years. I'm 47 now. So I've missed out from 25 to 47 on years where I thought I would I could have been in relationships, but I avoided it because I didn't want to hurt them by not being able to provide a family in the traditional sense. So, I mean, I missed out on love. I missed out on relationships of that. And this is happening right after just getting my heart broken. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then shortly after that, as the year starts to close up, I lose my father. And I'm like at the end of writing this book too. And it's, I'm going through the edits of it. And I just, I looked at it and I said, the reason this goes, you'll see when you buy the book as I put it in like a circle where it's an infinity keeps going is because I might be in one part of the process, but something like this hits and I got to go back. So I might be mm-hmm. in reframing the game where when I got out, told it I couldn't have children, I said, and then I was told I could, I had to reframe it when I got in the car and I said, holy cow, that's a hit. How do I process this? And I said, okay, let's, let's reframe this. I literally did this. This is my pep talk. And I said, Dar you're in the middle of writing this, what would you have said to yourself or your friend? And I said, here's the thing. I can't change what I can't change right now. And I've been able to help over 100,000 people around the world. I've been able to help people in all different venues and settings. And a lot of the people I get to coach and pros, you know, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. I feel like they're my nephews to me. So I've been blessed to be able to have a family in sports, so to speak, and speak around the world, I mean, in different countries now, where I wouldn't have had that opportunity potentially had it happened the way I thought it was supposed to happen back when I was 25. Mm. That our stories and the adversity pivot us to exactly where we're supposed to go, but we don't realize it at the time. So you've got to, principle one is embrace the suck. You've got to embrace it. And then learn how to, what is it teaching you? What is this adversity giving you? So then you could use it to fuel you. And that's what I did with every scenario that I have a setback with. Do you, I mean, I'm just so impressed by you. That was the part when you told that, that I started sobbing to the point that my mascara was mixing with my snot and it was getting inside my mouth and I was kind of choking on it, but I was around a bunch of other women. So I was like, this is really awkward. I'm just going to swallow my spit. Um, That's where I was at because that story is so impactful, especially for a lot of women that are listening into this, that do want to have families in terms of they want to be moms in that way. And like you're reframing is incredible. Like the way that you can take that perspective. And I'm sure that at first your reaction is like, what the F? Like, why did this happen? And I'm sure there was like, you know, some aspect to it. But then the fact that you can tap into these tools, because what's so impressive about you, and I think what's really going to be impactful for the listeners is like, it does not matter what happens to you, you are going to figure out a way to get through it. And sometimes we forget that you know, anyone listening into this episode, it's like, look to your past. You've been through things that you had no idea how in the hell you were going to get through it. Yet here you are on the other side. But it's like very helpful to feel as if we've got more tools in our toolbox that when things happen, we're like, crap, I don't know how to handle this, but let me reach down and try this tool. So speak to that because this episode, or I mean, your book in general is all about 
tactical things that people can actually use too. And obviously yeah. you're a beautiful storyteller, but like, what are some of the go-to tactical things that you think could be helpful for women that are listening in? Well, you know, I want to just say the reason that anything that happens, I am going to bounce back from is because I've made the mental commitment. And you have to remember when I started the story, I started my career helping people that wanted to give up every day. They're like, Dar, I can't do this another day. And I was like, hell yes, you can. Like, we're going. So, and I saw people, they were visible examples to me, defy the odds. And I had to be the person to advise that. So I could, it's like, I know in my heart how resilient we as humans are. And we can Mm -hmm. literally do this. We can do this. That's why it hurts me when people give up on life totally because I know we could, we can make it. I know we can. So if you're listening and you're in that spot, I want you to know you can and will get to the other side. I just need you to keep getting back up. I don't care if it's every minute you have to keep trying. Just don't stop giving up. Um, Don't stop trying. I mean, so in saying that, you know, when you're looking for tactical tips, just even as I think about it, one is just kind of what I said at the beginning, first process it, like embrace it for what it is. Cause I want you to feel it. I don't, I don't want you to shove it so far under the rug that you never even felt it. I move through, through things so much faster now that people might think like, my father was in like, literally we didn't know how many hours we had. And I went and took a coaching call to go help someone, something I came back and someone was like, how did you even have the mental capacity And I was like, at that moment, I knew there was nothing I could do and I could help this person and come back because my why was, I still am here to serve. I can't change the situation for a second. Mm -hmm. Let me help. And so what I'm saying is people might see me move through things faster. That doesn't mean I'm not dealing with it. And I'm going to teach you how to move through it faster. And that's the first part is embrace the suck. So when it hits you, whatever it is, I want you to feel it. I really do. I want you to write about it. I want you to say, like, this is pissing me off. I don't like this. Like, get it all out. Get it out. I give myself, if it's something especially minor, not major like my dad, but I'll call my best friend and I'll say, and the people around me, I'm like, give me 24 hours to vent the hell out of this. (laughs) I am so hurt or whatever about this, but then you're going to give me my pep talks like I would give you. And I got to bounce back tomorrow on this because I have to go give a keynote, by the way, on everyone, you know, living their best life and greatness. So give yourself that time. Mm-hmm. This is a twofold, twofold. You get it out, but you don't stay there in the pain too long. OK, and for what time that is, that's for you. I can't tell you the for someone to tell you like, oh, in two weeks, just go back at it. You don't know what that's going to be. To me, it's less time to mm-hmm. you. It might be more time. But give yourself that time, cathartically work through it. You're going to keep working through it. Then I want you to go back to, you start falling, you have to go back to your confidence card. Number one, everything could be taken away from you, but your gifts and your talents and your knowledge cannot be taken away. So you lose your job. No one took away your skill and your talents. Someone else is going to be there that's going to want to utilize your gifts and talents. You lose your marriage. You know what? You're still of all the beauty in you that's in you. What made you is still there. You might be hurt, which makes you feel like you're broken. Your spirit's broken. You're not broken. Remember this. Your spirit may be broken, but you are not a broken person. I don't know if you'll connect with this. I think you will. But 
you know those companies or brands where you just trust their standards because they're such high quality in terms of what you get in their product line? That's how I feel about Organifi. And I know so many of you, maybe you specifically, are focused on health goals this year, but you're also juggling a lot. So convenience matters to you and you want a, like a product line that you can freaking count on that takes out the guesswork. If you haven't checked out Organifi yet, I'm going to tell you, freaking check them out. If you're not familiar, they have an entire supplement line, organic superfood blends, plant-based nutrition. They are the ultimate trifecta, as in they've got really high-quality ingredients. Everything is organic, hence the name Organifi, and low sugar. Nothing has more than three grams of sugar, including their protein, which they have both chocolate and vanilla. They are tasty, but they also have really clean ingredients. And then it tastes good because what really sold me on this was their green juice. And I normally will blend it in with my protein, but I also like drinking it by itself and just stirring it in with water because I'm not having to plug my nose and like choke it down like you do most green juices. You know, like they taste like grass or like you're eating dirt. It's so disgusting. Theirs actually tastes really freaking good, which is what hooked me on green juice. And then on top of all of that, they're at a really great price point, especially for such high quality products and ingredients. So as a listener of the show, you get 20% off any item in their store if you head to Organifi.com slash Keisha. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Keisha. Code Keisha saves you the 20%. But I would recommend if I had to pick my favorite products, their protein, they've got chocolate or vanilla. It's pea protein. So it's super awesome. Tastes really good. Great consistency. Number two, I love their green juice. Like I said, try it out. Don't knock it until you try it. It's freaking awesome. They also have Organifi Pure, which is really great to help you focus, but it's caffeine-free. And it's just like a, a nice little packet that you can stir in with water. It tastes like a lemony drink. And then finally, their chocolate gold. You got to get the chocolate one because it's literally like hot chocolate, but it helps promote like deep rest and calms down your nervous system. But then you feel like you're having a yummy hot chocolate. So head to Organifi.com slash Keisha or DM me, text me if you have any questions. I've used a ton of their products and I want to know if you check them out. Now, without further ado, let's dive back in. You are a wonderfully made person that had your spirit broken. So you're going to tap back into that. You're going to work on it. You're going to seek and apply feedback. That's principle number three, which is, could I have done something better? What can I work on to be stronger or maybe have better boundaries? I don't know what it is for you, but you work on it. And then you move from there and you start leaning into, how do I start getting gritty? What's the environment I need to put around me? Mm -hmm. Environment means people, places, spaces, and thoughts. What are your thoughts? Who are the people? What's your environment look like? Don't be playing sad songs when you just got your heart broken, you know? So my point is you start unplugging <laughs> things and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm getting my mojo back, you know? I, I'm leaning into who I am. I'm not a broken person. I have a broken spirit. No matter what the scenario is, I'm going to lean back to how was I made? What are my gifts and talents? Start bringing your swagger back, okay? Get your swagger. Then start leaning into What's the feedback I need? How do I, what do I need to know so I can get better at this? Then cultivate the mm -hmm. environment that helps work for you, not against you. And you start keep working this all of a sudden. You have that grit and resilience coming back. And all of a sudden, you know, the swagger starts coming. You get a little sparkle in your eye and you're like, ooh, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> it's such an important reminder that that comes back. You know, mm -hmm. like for anyone that is in this, it's like, 
your advice is so tactical, but it's also so compassionate to yourself of like, of course, you're going to have moments where you want to have a pity party. And of course, you're going to have moments that are just really freaking tough because life is tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's like reminding yourself when you're in it, like that feeling when you get that swagger back or you get that sparkle in your eye back or you feel more you again, that does always come, even if it doesn't feel like it when you're in the moment, which Mm -hmm. is why I think this book is going to change so many people's lives. And I'm just so excited about this. And I also want to talk to you about this idea of like, you're committed to this vision and you're so tapped into this why that no matter what comes your way, you keep going. How do you feel like people can develop that skill set of like wanting to keep going towards their mission, towards their goal, whether it's growing in their career or, you know, because you know what happens like the beginning of a new year, everybody gets really excited about their goals. And like, you know, they're like, this is the year that I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And no offense to like resolutions or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's more so like, how do we keep that fire going towards whatever goals that matter to us? Because some women are entrepreneurs listening to this. Some of them are like, this is the year that I get in the best freaking shape of my life. This is the year I finally go back out there and start dating again. Or this is the year I get out of this relationship that's sucking my soul. So like, how do we get ourselves to like take action and then stay in it? Because taking action is one thing, but staying after it the way that you have in your career is so impressive, right? Mm -hmm. So those are great questions. And you know, what you're saying ultimately to me and how I interpret it is people want to win the year. I want you to win at life. So I'm going to get you to win at Ah. life, which then you could talk about winning the year. So winning at life is to be lit within, not underneath you. You know, every year when we set goals, we're trying to like light a fire underneath us and it goes out. No, I'm going to get you lit within and that's going to be getting you to win at life. And that's by creating a why statement. Why are you showing up? What is your mission, soldier? Why do you want to be here? When we're, it's your hundredth birthday and we're toasting to you. What is the anthem of your life that we are all toasting about? Like, you know, you led with such light or you helped, you know, inspire greatness in people or you were the person that consistently added value in people's lives everywhere you go or you were the person that literally helped people feel what love was everywhere you went. And all of these things I'm telling you have nothing to do with your role, your title, your job or your bank account. Zero. So my why is to awaken greatness in myself and others globally around the world, okay? When I had my third stroke, I lost my speech. I lost my fine motor. I couldn't see and read right. And I was in a space where I was like, how am I supposed to awaken greatness in people? And my head went right to, okay, well, if we can't get out and do it the same way, what can we do? And this is before COVID. So I went on and I started going online. And I started doing lives way back when. And I'm like, I'm just going to start speaking to people. And if I mess up and trip how I speak, it doesn't matter. I'm literally recovering from a stroke. But I sure sugar could get up and I could awaken greatness in someone. And by just putting myself in the practice of my why, my power, what I'm called to do, it literally started to heal me and got me back up every day. And then, by the way, I have this pillow. (laughs) And this guy, it's a certain pillow because since the strokes, I sometimes get headaches. So I have to sleep a certain way. So with this pillow, for whatever reason, I guess you could have your initials monogrammed on it. And I said to the guy, Mm. why the hell do I need my initials on my pillow? No, I go, can you actually put my statement on there? And he's like, well, I go, awaken to greatness. But how cool is that? I awaken (laughs) in the morning 
to my greatness, to my why. So it's right there. So I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) Yes. But this is what I'm telling you. My whole life has been helping people win at life. So I'm trying to teach you and everyone listening. Yes, I want you to win the year and create your anthem for the year, but I want you to win at life. So this is about creating the anthem for your life. Get fueled by that man. You will be lit within forever. Oh, you like so many things that you say. I'm like, let's put this on a bumper sticker, turn it into a t-shirt. Like you just have, you have all these little nuggets. It's, it's so juicy and good. Okay. So here's the thing that a lot of women in this community struggle with is they struggle with other people's perception of them chasing whatever their dreams are, because maybe they've got some people pleasing tendencies or they're really concerned about putting themselves out there. How do you navigate? And obviously, you know, you've got all of these tools in your toolbox now. So maybe you even take it back to earlier on in your career when you didn't have Mm -hmm. as much confidence as you have now. Like, how did you navigate the noise around you? Hmm. So I want to go back because I started thinking back in childhood and my father instilled this in me. And he would say, you know, one, he'd say like, if you weren't invited to a party or something and you're a kid and you got upset and he's like, number one, let me just explain something to you. He's like, if you're not invited, you don't want to be there. He's like, so don't worry about wishing you were there. He's like, because you don't want to be any place where you're not welcome, you know, and by welcome, meaning if that space and place wasn't open for you to be there, he's like, let it go. You want to be around the people that want to be around you. He's like, that's your tribe. Yeah. He didn't use the word tribe then, but that's what he was trying to say. My point in that is early on, I started to think like, sometimes there's a lot of noise and we have to reframe it to start going like, wait a minute. If it's not where I'm supposed to be, then it's not where I'm supposed to be. And don't try to make a situation that isn't supposed to work for you work. So sometimes we want to put ourselves in circles of people or in scenarios or even jobs because of what maybe, I don't know, society is thinking or what's around it when really it's not meant for you. And when you start going to where you flow rather than where it's forced, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. Go where it flows, not where it's forced. The moment it starts to feel forced, a circle, a friendship, a job, a tribe, you just know it's more ego forcing you there than it is flowing. And flowing is without ego, by the way then you're going to start winning and it just starts to become better and the noise starts to get quiet. And by the way, flow is where the water is calm. And when it's calm, there's clarity. When it's agitated, you can't see. So flow is clarity. Flow is peace. And that's why in this book, it's called The Art of Bouncing Back, How to Find Your Flow and Thrive When You're Off Your Game, because this is what I'm talking about too. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's such an important differentiator to understand, like, is this ego driving me or is this like Mm -hmm. something that I really feel called to do? And like, has there, because obviously you've worked with a lot of professional athletes and executives, like at the top of their game with like fancy titles or big paychecks or whatever. And there's an identity piece that comes into that, Mm -hmm. right? Where we actually have a lot of, and I'm really curious to hear your take on this because we have a lot of women in this community that maybe they don't struggle with comparing themselves to other people, but they struggle with starting something new and then comparing themselves to a prior version of themselves Mm 
Mm. when the circumstances were different. Like they had the title or they had, you know, they made X amount of dollars or, you know, external people like clapped for them because they were this and now they want to do something else. But their ego is tripping them up. How do you like help people work through the ego component when your ego is literally like blocking you from getting where you want to go? I'm just going to give a story on that for a second because that'll help yeah. and how through it. When I left running companies, I was a C-level executive. So I had the title of it. I was working around people that people wanted to be around. So my whole environment was where access and title and all this stuff. And when I left it to start my own practice, all titles went out the door. All, all of that goes out the door because I chose to go in a space where I'm just dark. I have no title. Yes, I could say founder of my company, but it just started. So that's what the hell is that? You know what I mean? So I I had (laughs) to say to myself from an ego perspective, screw the titles, Dar. And that's why I was just Dar. And then people called me Coach Dar. I'm like, fine, that's fine. But I specifically, from an ego standpoint, worked on saying, screw the titles. Now, from an organizational standpoint, if someone needed it for some reason, fine. But I'll say to them, I don't want a title. Because Mm -hmm. I know we are all capable of then attaching to that title. So then if it changes, then my whole life's going to change again. So it's worked for me because I'm going, okay, you know, even when people announce me, technically my company has grown and people will sometimes announce and say like founder and CEO of Performance Meets Purpose, blah, blah, blah. This is Coach Dar. I get up, I'm like, I'm Dar, you know, and they even ask me when they're like, what's your title? I tell them I'm a hope dealer. That's my title. Put my title as a hope dealer. So yes, you have to work on literally, you know, you went from it, you lost it, but guess what you didn't lose. So one, you just start checking yourself, applying feedback. Hey, this is ego getting in my way. I'm, I'm not, people are not treating me the same. You know, I don't have the access like I did, but what, what's that saying is, are you less than a person? Hell no. You have all this experience to know who you are. Start diving back into your confidence card, which is principle number two, which is, hello, what are all the skills and talents again that made you great? Write them out. You want a title? Here's a title of, you know, great executor, inspiring leader, servant heart, um, mm. innovator. So um, funny you make someone pee them, their pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like go for the titles that are characteristics of the core of who you are. So when we're telling your story, those are the titles they're giving back. Then beep the titles, all the other ones. Who gives a sugar about that? Go for the titles, like I just said, that are characteristics of the core of who you are. And that will start pushing ego away because, you know, there's this expression, edging God out is ego, whatever that is for you. We're, we got to ed, we've got to literally just when your ego is coming in, it's because source is going out. You just literally put yourself in a space that you don't need to be in. Think of yourself as you have a you have an importance here, just like everyone else, but there's a bigger plan working here. And you just need to be working on the character of who you are. And that's how you start winning more. You like you're just a mic drop. You as a person, like that's your title. You're just like a fun, high beat, like energy mic drop. Like human, that's what you are. That's what I'm gonna call you when I do the intro to this. <laughs> no, but seriously, I okay. So, I, I let's plug. I want to plug the book because there are so many women 
that are listening to this episode that need this freaking book. So Mm -hmm. tell them, obviously there's some principles involved in it, but like, who is this book? Like when you're writing this book and you're thinking, this is the person that I would be most excited to have listened to this book. Like who is that person? And give us, give us all the juice about it. Okay. This is so funny. So I'm a rookie in the publishing world. So let's go to ego and let's go to titles. You know, I went, obviously I have this business and everyone's like, oh, you coach this person. And then you get to the publishing world and they're like, well, first time offer, author, you need to prove yourself to us. And you start pitching your book and they're like, no, no, no. And then finally you get a yes. But, yeah. and I'm so grateful. McGraw Hill Publishing is my publisher and they're the educational, you know, so textbooks mm-hmm. and education and great, great publisher. But they asked me, so who is this book for? And yeah. initially it was like, they want it for business leaders. They want it for leaders to be able to have these principles to pour into people and so while that is generally the principle, I wrote the book, though. I wrote the book. So I am telling you, everyone is going to be able to pick this book up. Everyone. I don't care whether yeah. you have a title or don't have a title. You are going to be able to read this book because it starts off with my story and it starts going into, I give examples of an athlete that went through something that maybe a uh, person that I'm coaching that went through something to then someone who lived through the Olympics and was getting literally beat while she's going through the Olympics and the stuff she's had to go through. I mean, it is stories and wisdom and knowledge that I'm telling you anyone could get, utilize this book. And here's the thing. You may be in a hard time and you need this, or you may be out of it, but you know, the one thing that's not going to change is adversity is going to keep coming. So I'd rather you get equipped now and read this. And if you're in it, you're going to be able to read it and find exactly where you are and pick up on that principle and go. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're going through it, I want you to get it. If you're not going through it, I want you to get it because I want you to learn the mental tools now so you're prepared as it's coming and keep it like your pocket guide to how to bounce back when adversity hits. Like put me in your pocket right there, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just want to spread the word on this. I I want this, you know, I oversee pay it forward for our country which everyone can help with it because that's volunteer. That's for another story. But uh, the only reason I'm in that role is because my whole life, all I want to do is give people the tools, pay it forward and make the world better. And that's what I Mm -hmm. hope this book does. But I need help with it because I'm a first time author. I I don't have a million followers on social media. And I, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I can't get I can't make an impact by myself, but collectively we can make an impact. So Hell yes. please, if you could share this book, if you need me to come speak, if you need whatever it is, go to coachdar.com. Everything's there. You can get the book there. You can get it on Amazon. You could buy it in bulk. Buy one of the other things, by the way, is there's so many nonprofits that the people going through abuse, going through mm. coming out of prison, going through, um, gosh, cancer, like all the nonprofits, they can't necessarily buy the book, buy these books for nonprofits. So they have them. I mean, let's just, let's just get this in people's hands. So they have the tools because we're taught how to do business. We're taught how to be educated in certain topics, but we're not taught how to be resilient. We're really not. We we just have to like figure this out along the way. And I was like, no, we're, I'm done with that. Like, like, let's give people the tools. Oh yes. It's such an important skill set that we all need. And One thing that I've heard you say is that knowledge is great, but knowledge applied is wisdom. 
Yes. And what I love about the way that you're writing this book by, you know, having tactical pieces, but also having stories like so many people can learn through other people's stories. We don't have enough time on this planet to have all of the experiences for ourselves to learn what we need to learn. So it's just a beautiful journey that you've gone through of your entire life and your career that you chose to then you know, slow down for a second from all, I mean, you're speaking all over the world all the freaking time. You have to like focus in to write a freaking book and we are going to help you get the message out about this book. That's for damn sure. Um, But I do have one other question because there are also a lot of, of course, yeah, there are a lot of aspiring authors in this community and, you know, that feeling of working really hard on something and then getting rejected after rejection of like, nope, we're not going to publish your book. Nope, we're not going to publish your book. How did it feel just so someone can borrow belief from you of like that feeling after a lot of no's to get a yes? What what did that feel like right when they told you, yes, we're going to publish this book? Oh, it's so good because I get so passionate about this. Well, let's start back with before I got published and even went the publisher route, I was going to do self-publishing. And mm-hmm. then I found an independent publisher. And then the independent publisher and I went in on a contract and then I had my, sec- my third stroke. And while... I had third stroke as I'm thinking of that while I was doing work with this independent publisher and it just went sideways. Like it wasn't, they did, it didn't work well. It was not a good contract and I had to exit out of it. And I lost a lot of money on that because it was not going to go in the direction that I knew was going to serve the impact that I wanted. And my friend said, this is bigger than you realize. Don't shortchange yourself on that. Don't just try to get it out to get it out. Dark. Let's do this right. So I literally at that moment, though, coming off my third stroke, the contract gets broken. It wasn't going the way. And I started to go, gosh, maybe, God, I'm not supposed to, maybe I'm not going to write this. I mean, since I was a little kid, I thought I was, you know, my mom's like, someday I'm going to buy your book. And I was like, sure, sure, sure. And I was going to give up on the dream. And I had a friend come, my sports agent, and she said to me, Dark, why are you selling yourself short? Like, gosh, You are literally selling yourself short. She said to me, God is not calling you to hide in the corner. He's not like you help everyone go do this so you can help more, but get out, like get out there. And I'm thinking, geez, I'm like, okay. And, but I can't tell you what it did for me because she's like, just try again. I think it's supposed to be with a publisher. I think it's supposed to be published. So back to the drawing board, write a new book proposal, start over while I'm still working full time and all this. And then I get my momentum. Then the book proposals put together. Now I find a literary agent that believes in me. Then it's being pitched and it's getting nothing for a whole year. No one wants it. No, mm. no, no, no. And I'm like, those, those, the doubts start to come in. I'm like, hmm, maybe it's not supposed to be out there. Now it's called the art of bouncing back, right? And <laughs> it's, it's, it's during COVID, by the way, when it's being, prospect out there in the world. And then a huge, like McGraw, another huge publisher comes by and guess what? They tell me they want a seven book deal. That's how much knowledge they think I have on these topics. They wanted to do it for a series. And I'm like, they talk to me and they're like, gosh, the knowledge you have, we want to do seven books with you. I'm like, holy sugar. I hit the freaking (laughs) jackpot. Guess what? We get all the way to sign the contract. And all of a sudden, the sales team shuts it down because I don't have enough social media followers. Stop it. I lost my contract with them because they said, we're so sorry. 
he says, we believe in the knowledge you have, but we don't believe your book's going to sell because you don't have enough social media followers. I was like, shut the front door. That fired me up. I said, we have a problem in society because there's too much emphasis on social that we're creating experts that are not experts and they're hurting people. I'm in the lab literally working with the uh, truly like I've worked years where I'm working with the top people. I'm not worried about how many followers I have. I'm worried about helping freaking lives. And I was like, son of a babe. But then guess what? I didn't give up. And all of a sudden McGraw Hill publisher calls publishing and Cheryl senior editor there. I love her props to her. She called up and she said, coach, I want you to know I believe in you and I want to give you a shot to get this message out there because the world needs it. And that's where we are. I want to hug her. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, you... You're incredible. Like you seriously are. And I know that like you intuitively know that you have this gift place on your heart for a reason and to make an impact. And I'm so grateful that you didn't give up. And I think your message is going to be so impactful. It's not not going to mm-hmm. create like a ripple effect. It's going to be a damn tidal wave because mm-hmm. of the fact that if women listening into this actually step in or bounce back to yeah. Really show up as themselves and chase whatever their vision is. Like the world is just going to be tremendously impacted. So I'm so excited and so pumped to get my copy. We'll tell everybody that we know about it. If you're listening in, please go snag a copy of her book. If you want to follow her on social media, you can go to the Coach Dar, just one R, and follow her on Instagram. She posts awesome content, and of course, we'll get the message out about all the things. But thank you for how you show up in the world. Thank you for lighting a fire in me and also a little under my butt too. Um, both yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because you're you're just you're an amazing person and I'm so honored to know you. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. And you are so good at this. Like you you helped draw it out of me by your heart and your light and your openness. So thank you for what you do because it's your light that makes it easier for my light to come out. Oh, thank you so much, girl. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.